Welcome to Unbreak Your Health, the program about the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. I'm Alan Smith in Plano, Texas, author of Unbreak Your Health, the complete guide to complementary and alternative therapies. Tonight our topic is aromatherapy, and our guest is Kelly Holland Azaro, the Vice President of the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy. Kelly is a licensed massage therapist, a registered aromatherapist, a certified clinical aromatherapy practitioner, and certified Bach flower practitioner. She's also the creator of Ashi Aromatics. Ancient Chinese and Egyptians actually used a type of aromatherapy, didn't they? Yes, they did. The history goes back, you know, to being used in Egyptian embalming. They found residue in the embalming jars, and Chinese medicine has been using it in Ayurvedic medicine. They always are involved with the aromatic properties of the herbs they were working with, herbs, flowers, roots, anything like that. And it became more well-known, was used mostly in European countries and became well-known in the United States, more so as a type of massage, but it's much more than that. What is aromatherapy? It's a wonderful holistic natural therapy. Like I said, a lot of people assume that it is a type of massage therapy in itself, but really it can be just as simple as inhalation of a scent that you enjoy to help you with healing. That could be even smelling the smell of apple pie cooking. That's a form of aromatherapy because you enjoy that aroma and that scent and it makes you feel good. So aromatherapy can be at its basic just by doing inhalation therapy with using pure essential oil, anywhere from like one to two drops on a just a, a tissue and inhaling that, that simple. Or they can be placed in a professional atomizer's aromatherapy diffuser unit and diffused throughout the environment. That can be used for helping for stress relief, anxiety, insomnia, as well as helping support the immune system. Then the essential oils can be used topically if they're diluted in like a carrier oil or a massage oil and used topically in massage, reflexology. There's also acupuncturists that work with the essential oils, placing them on acupuncture points. And it's used in a lot of spas and holistic spa treatments. And then there's the avenue of making it into like your own products and making all natural skincare products. The olfactory sense, our sense of smell, is one that provides for an immediate response and easy absorption into the bloodstream. And it's the only place in the body where our central nervous system is directly exposed to the environment. So aromatherapy works in a very powerful environment, doesn't it? Right. It's pretty much instantaneous. Like if you were to go into a place that had mold in it and you smelt the mold right away, you would probably have a negative reaction to that. If you were to go in and smell something nice cooking, you would enjoy that. Well, that's how powerful scent is. And just by using one drop of a pure essential oil can be amazing how you can just inhale it. And you could be coughing or having an allergy, and it can help with that. Or if you were having anxiety, it can help with that as well. So it's, it's pretty much instantaneous on the inhalation level. And when you're applying it topically, it can take about 20 to 30 minutes before it's in the bloodstream, you know, helping internally, but as well as the massage, you're going to get the benefit of the massage and be relaxing from that as well. What is an essential oil? Essential oils are the pure byproduct that is derived from either cold press or steam distillation of an herb, a plant, a flower, 
it's also another technique that's used in aromatherapy. It's an old technique for getting some of the more exotic, expensive floral oils like rose, neroli, ylang-ylang. Those are done by taking the flowers and pressing them in a fat base over time and, and using a alcohol solvent extractant to extract the essential oil and the aroma from that fat. So that's called an absolute. That's not used that often in true aromatherapy. It's used more in perfuming and product making. Aromatherapists usually work more so with the pure essential oils that are either cold pressed, like meals are usually the citrus oils, and they cold press from the rind, usually the citrus rind to get like lemon, lime, orange, grapefruit, and then the steam distillation is usually done with like the herbal, woody, and the other florals like geranium, things like that, eucalyptus. And that's the natural byproduct right from the plant source. So it's pretty potent and you only need a few drops of it when using it. How does aromatherapy harmonize and promote the health of the body, mind, and spirit? Well, like I said before, with inhalation, it's pretty much instantaneous. So it's going to help to balance anything from somebody having anxiety or a mood swing. And at the same time, what is causing that issue or if they have insomnia problems or hormonal imbalances or pain, you know, aromatherapy likes to work on a holistic level by looking at what is the cause of it, taking 10 steps back and trying to find the cause and working on that level, empowering somebody to use the oils at home. Usually an aromatherapist will make somebody a blend that they can apply topically as well as for inhalation therapy. So you're working with that person, you know, empowering them to take their own health back and giving them a positive tool to use. So that's going to help balance the emotion as well as if, it's, if there's a body issue going on like pain or muscular spasms, arthritis, there's oils that can be blended to help with pain relief that have like anti-inflammatory and anti-spasmodic properties to them. They're going to help on that level. And when somebody feels better physically, then they feel better mentally. And it also gives them a different outlook, you know, instead of being depressed or sad all the time or anxious or fearful, depending on what's causing that. There's certain things that you can help with. Aren't hospitals beginning to use aromatherapy? Yes. Actually, there's research that's been done on aromatherapy and its use, and one of the pioneers in getting it into the hospitals is actually one of my teachers, uh, Dr. Jane Buckle, and she's from the U.K., and she has worked with getting essential oil therapy and aromatherapy in hospitals over there, and then she brought it over here to the United States teaching nurses here, and in turn, and the nurses are educating other nurses. And it's being used in a lot of the hospitals that are under the guidelines of plain tree. And a lot of them are open to, you know, having holistic medicine as part of their therapy protocol. And they're finding that if they can use relaxing type oils with people to help them to relax, it's going to help with their recovery so that they can get home quicker. They can also use essential oils in the hospital settings for helping to keep the staff bacteria at control. Aromatherapy is considered a legitimate form of therapy in other parts of the world, isn't it? Yes, just like a lot of the other therapies like Bach flowers, acupuncture, naturopathy, homeopathy, those things are been being used and widely accepted in you know, a lot of the European countries a long time ago in the United States is slow to get the wonderful benefits that so many of those therapies offer. Sometimes 
especially with aromatherapy, a lot of people will just think it's something, you know, that you get at a spa or, you know, not something that can be that powerful that can help somebody that has, you know, chronic headaches. Most of us are familiar with aromatherapy out in the real world. I mean, real estate agents put vanilla on the stove during an open house to make the home more inviting, and supermarkets try and have the smell of fresh-baked bread flowing throughout the store. What are some of the other examples that people may be exposed to on a daily basis and not really recognize it? Right. Well, some things that are not considered true aromatherapy because they're using fragrance, there are a lot of the big chain stores, you know, that use scents, believe it or not, to entice people to spend more, supposedly. When somebody buys a new car, they always say they like that smell of the new fresh car scent, things like that. As far as where true aromatherapy is being done, it's mostly done through, you know, registered aromatherapists, people that are licensed massage therapists that have additional training in aromatherapy, spas. A lot of holistic practitioners use aromatherapy. What if someone has head congestion due to a cold or springtime allergies? Does aromatherapy still work? Absolutely. In fact, somebody is aasmotic and they've lost their sense of smell, which I've actually worked with a few people with that. They say, I'm not going to be able to smell the oils. There are very strong oils that could be used on a daily basis for inhalation therapy to help people to recover from loss of sense of smell. And when a lot of people get a cold or flu, that's what happens is they can't smell anything. So you can work with them with oils and not only help them with regaining their sense of smell, but supporting and boosting the immune system. I've been using essential oils for over 20, maybe like 22 years, and I've never had a cold or a flu with using the essential oils. They really help support your immune system to keep it strong. And most of them have antibacterial properties, and there's a handful of them that have antiviral properties. So, you know, applying them topically and using them in diffusers in your home or your work environment is going to help to keep your immune system strong. And hopefully you will not get a cold or a flu. Or if you do, you, you will rebound much quicker than possibly the year before you were using essential oils. So that's another wonderful thing that they can be used for. But it's like the same as Vicks Vapor Rub that has, you know, eucalyptus in it, eucalyptol. They use the chemical composition from the plant and, you know, chemically synthesize that, put that into that product so it could be mass-produced. Well, people could do the same thing with just one drop of eucalyptus and rub that on their chest or, or do a steam inhalation, you know, in their shower. Listeners, if you're enjoying this podcast, then you'll love my new book. The second edition of How to Unbreak Your Health is your map to the world of complementary and alternative therapies. It features a new user-friendly format and 339 new and updated listings in 150 different categories. And you can get it on Amazon.com or at your local bookstore. One of the studies I happened to run across showed that the scent of lavender actually affects the beta waves of the brain, which helps reduce stress and promotes a sense of calm. Hasn't it even been used to help Alzheimer's patients remain calm and stay focused in the moment? Right. That's one of the studies that they were using with the hospital with Alzheimer's people or people that were having dementia with calming them down using lavender. And I think they were also using sweet orange oil as well. And they're even doing some studies on rosemary 
for helping with focus and memory issues. How long do the effects of aromatherapy last? It's different for everybody. Like I said, for myself, I have, you know, never had a cold or a flu, and anytime I have a headache or any issue going on, I work with my oils and usually get benefit right away. When I get a massage using the aromatherapy, I feel that that benefit of the massage with the oils pretty much lasts almost a week. So, you know, people are going to get it in a massage form. They're going to get the benefit of the results of from the massage for at least a week as well as with the oils. And then if they keep their little blend with them and use it, you know, before their next session, they get the benefit of it from that as well. Who becomes an aromatherapist? The predominant amount of people that I am aware of that practice aromatherapy are licensed massage therapists. It goes perfect hand-in-hand because of the fact of it using being used so much topically in massage therapy. Naturopaths use aromatherapy, acupuncturists, people that work in spa doing, you know, reflexology, any type of body work therapy. And there's also the nurses that are now using it, which is wonderful. And, and there are actually a lot of nurses that also do massage therapy, which is wonderful if they can incorporate that. And then eventually, I mean, I know of a few medical doctors that are open to working with essential oils and aromatherapy. So the more people that, you know, are aware of it and get the proper training in it is what's really important because a lot of people can just go and buy essential oils from a health food store and, you know, unless it's properly labeled or they have, and they're just going to use it for themselves. If it has the proper labeling, that's fine, but they're going to get into using it topically or with other people, they need to, you know, do so according to whatever their state requirements are with licensure. But it's usually popular amongst the holistic practitioners. Are there different types of aromatherapists? I mean, do people specialize in certain types of treatments or oils? Yes. I've been using it for a long time, and I've studied with a lot of different teachers. And Jane Buckle, one course, she was the one that coined the clinical aromatherapy practitioner that's working more clinically based where you work with an individual one-on-one with their whole health history intake and you might at that one session just work with one oil at a time which is wonderful because you don't overwhelm somebody's system and you get to see is that oil really working for them or not working and then you can adjust accordingly and then as time goes on you can create and make a blend for them then there's a lot of holistic practitioners or people that work within a spa that will work with somebody and then create a blend immediately and then use that in the therapy session that they're, you know, that that person's scheduled for that time. Or you can just have a consultation with somebody and they can create a blend for you to take home and use or they'll educate you in the safe use of essential oils and how to use them, you know, whether it be topically for inhalation, cleaning your home, whatever it is, how you want to use the oils. And then like an acupuncture physician, most of the time they will pick specific essential oils based on their therapeutic properties and how they can be applied with Chinese medicine. Some will even apply them to the actual acupuncture point. What kind of training is needed to become an aromatherapist? Well, there's different types of training because at this time in the United States, there is no actual state licensure regulation. So most people that practice it are already licensed through another profession. And the training that people take, it really varies anywhere from 
you know, somebody's going and learning something on a weekend, which is not really considered an aromatherapist to people that have studied for years. So it really, it depends. What's the best way to find an aromatherapist? Well, the best way to find one would be to go to the NAHA website and click on either the directors that are, there's regional and district directors for specific states in the United States. Or you can call the NAHA office and see who is listed as an aromatherapist in your state or area. And there's also a membership directory online that people could access. People can also go to the ARC website, which is the Aromatherapy Registration Council. And that is a organization that if you meet the specific training requirements and hours that are required to sit for their exam, you can apply and sit and take that exam and then become a registered aromatherapist, which is what I am. And they have a huge listing database of anybody who's a registered aromatherapist. You can get the information from there as well. And that's when you're looking for somebody who's seriously trained in aromatherapy. There's a lot of people that just take like a one-day or a weekend class where they might study with like a multi-level type company or something like that. And that's not really true aromatherapy. It's, it's just like similar to working with an herbalist. If you want to really know about herbs and the safe way of using them, you would want to probably go about that, you know, working with an herbalist or an acupuncturist, somebody who's been trained in herbology versus somebody who's just taken, you know, a few hours in training. Essential oils are really different than the oils used in perfumes, aren't they? Absolutely. There are a lot of natural perfumers, which do only use pure essential oils, which is wonderful. And a lot of the synthetic perfumes do have the chemistry part, the chemical composition of the essential oil that they will derive, usually like a limonene or something like that makes that specific scent in that oil they will extract that and use that in perfumery. And the typical perfumes are made with fragrances, though, which are synthetic. Since essential oils come from plants, doesn't the strength of the plant vary from year to year, depending on the climate and growing conditions? Yes. A lot of times when you work with aromatherapy and you buy your essential oils, they could be different. Each time you buy a bottle, it's going to be pretty much the same, but it could be varied a little bit as far as its color, aroma, texture, as well as the price that you pay, depending on, you know, where, what the market's at at that time. And if a plant is becoming slightly not available, and that's another thing that a lot of aromatherapists are very conscientious about, the essential oils and the products that they use. There's a nonprofit called CropWatch.com. And they have a lot of the plants and trees that are on the watchdog list for becoming extinct. So a lot of aromatherapists are very much aware of that. And if they know that there's an oil that may be on that list, they will pick a different oil that might have a similar scent or one that has similar therapeutic properties to it and use that instead. So that's part of the therapy as well as being conscientious about you know, the life force of the plant that you're using. And it's very potent, and that's why you only need a few drops of it when you use it. Kelly, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to talk with me tonight about aromatherapy. You're welcome. And if our listeners have any questions, they can visit the National Association for Holistic Aromatherapy website at www.na.org. 
www.kellyhea.org. Or to learn more about Kelly, they can also visit your website at www.ashitherapy.com. You've been listening to another podcast edition of Unbreak Your Health, discovering the world of hope and health known as complementary and alternative medicine. You can learn more about our guests on the Unbreak Your Health website. Just look for the podcast page at unbreakyourhealth.com. We would love to hear from you about tonight's show. Please send your questions and comments to info at unbreakyourhealth.com. Unbreak Your Health is a joint production of Unbreak Your Health and Loving Healing Press. Thank you for listening. I'm Alan Smith, and I look forward to being with you again soon.